Welcome to the Three Wise Men of Divorce, Money, Psych, and Law podcast. Sit down with the California divorce experts, financial divorce consultant Mark Hill, psychologist Scott Weiner, and attorney Sean Weber for a frank and casual conversation about divorce, separation, co-parenting, and the difficult decisions real people like you face during these tough times. We know that if you are looking at divorce or separation, it can be scary and overwhelming. With combined experience of over 70 years in divorce and conflict management, we are here for you and look forward to helping by sharing our unique ideas, thoughts, and perspectives on divorce, separation, and co-parenting. Okay, guys, here we go. So we've been told we're depressing. Yeah, you know what? We are. But you know what I want to hear? I want to hear that story that you were telling. Give us a give us a thumbnail on it. This is Mark Hill talking. Go yeah, for it. Yeah. So um, years ago, I started training uh, professionals, lawyers, mental health, and uh, financial people in this model of collaborative divorce that you've heard us talk about. And um, we were talking before we went on the air about what does a victory in a divorce look like. And I have this story from a, a, a lady who. Uh, became a lawyer late in life in her in her late 30s um, and had a career that was quite successful and our, she came to one of our trainings in, a, in January or February early one year and came up to me in the middle of it or towards the end and said you know you saved my I can't recall if she said you saved my life or you saved my career but she said, I won my greatest victory ever in court two days before Christmas. I got everything for my client. I got the house. I got the kids. I got the retirement. I got everything. And I am feeling victorious. And then I look over at the table where the husband is tears streaming down his face, his lawyer's arm around him. And I looked and she said, I thought... Well, I, of course, I've won. And as she said, I looked at my client and exactly the same picture, tears streaming down her face, she said, and they were not tears of joy. And she said, what have I done for families? What are, and she said, I was considering giving up the law, and then I got your flyer, inviting to a different way, to consider a different way of divorcing through collaborative. And she practiced until she uh, unfortunately passed away at a young age. But um, I think it's an interesting story from a professional standpoint. Well, I, you know, I've had, I had a similar experience. I remember this case. It was a very nasty custody case. And uh, there was a support issue, you know, spousal support. And, and actually, no, it wasn't spousal support. It was just child support on this. And there was a, a lot of income flying around and a very uh, good attorney on the other side, very nasty judge. And I mopped the floor with this poor attorney and felt really good about, it. boy, I'm just so good. And I looked back and some of the tougher attorneys in town are giving me the thumbs up. I got a good job from someone and walking out into the parking lot with my client, my client's in tears. He'd won everything. And uh, he said, I didn't want to pay her as much support as she was asking for, but this isn't enough. I just feel terrible. This isn't enough child support for her. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, first I just said, well, you know, you can always pay more if you want, <laughs> you know, but, but I thought to myself, the way that we had 
gone about that case, and there were reasons for why it was so nasty, but it didn't have to go that way. And it was a result of process, wasn't it, Sean? Yeah, we were in this adversarial process. Yeah. We were forced into court. I do think opposing counsel made it harder than he needed to. I think we could have probably resolved this if we could have sat down together, but there were reasons for why we ended up where we did. But I've never felt like when I've gone to court and, and having won that anybody really won. I mean, you could win on paper, but what, I mean, it's not like in a business litigation where there could be a clear winner, you know, but in family law, you're talking about families. You're talking about mom and dad and children. And so what were these people left with? They were, they were left with some really harsh feelings. I, I got to give my client credit. He, uh, he actually did pay her more. And maybe that was the victory is that he felt horrible about what had gone down, but then he kind of felt the need to step up and do more. Can I observe another victory that I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. It was a victory for Sean. He recognized something from that experience that didn't feel right to him. Yes. Yes. It was life-changing. Yeah. It was life-changing. I wish I could say that was the last time something like that had happened. I could probably count off and bore you with five other stories, right? Yeah. The biggest victory for me was when I stopped going to court, personally, as an, as an attorney. The same for me when I stopped representing people in court. Come on one side. I'll kind of, I, as a neutral, I'm fine with it. But uh, going in on one side, um, again, it, it's such a futile experience from the professional standpoint, frankly, because there's an expert on the other side who's just as much credibility. And as long as you're not absurd, all that's going to happen is you're going to charge the client a bunch of money and the judge is going to divide by two, whatever the numbers are, and come out in the middle. And you could have come together even, even as experts working together and achieved that without court very easily. Yeah, those, those feel-good moments for me now are when we, we in the business call it that transformative moment, you know, where people, people recognize, they see each other for the first time in a dispute and they do the right thing. That's, what, that's a payday for me. It just gets my juices flowing. I get goosebumps thinking about some of these people. You know what I love is when the clients come up with a solution that I wouldn't have thought of using, and it may not be the most financially smart thing to do, but it works for them and their reformed family. And more importantly, it was their idea. That's what I really love. Yeah. Because I know when it. it's their idea, they're going to follow through on it and they're not going to fight about it in the future because they came up with it. Yeah. When a mediation situation produces something that is more fair than what these people are accustomed to, I like how it gets passed down into the realm of what's going on with their kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like they see, and we see too, but they see, you know what? This may be possible for us to actually have a reasonable parenting situation. I've also seen it blow out the other way where even in a mediation, they're just completely unwilling to work together and, and then the kids pay, you know? 
yeah, you you can see both. I, for me, a defeat is when the conflict is not dealt with. Like like they may have a settlement, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but the conflict remains. And to me, that's a defeat. A victory is when you have a settlement, but they found a way to move forward and, and live in peace. And And that's... It's not everybody, but it does happen. I, I, I do think what happens to a lot of people is they don't know how good they've got it when they're staying out of court and they're working through one of our processes ah, where, there's, where they're not going to court, they're mediating. You and, mean and there's, they don't, there's no double blind study going on with right. them having a divorce in court? Yeah, no. no there's no control group for them. <laughs> I said identical twin marriages, you know? <laughs> right. right. Get the control group. You have to have it. Yeah, really. Not scientific without it. I, I, I did hear of this. This Two twins married each other. I, I did hear of this. <laughs> That's case. Right. Two, two twins married each other, had children, got divorced, and switched twins. <laughs> and then remarried the other twin, and then had more children. All and living I, in the same house. They had... I, How's that? How many years ago, and how is it going now? I don't know. It wasn't my it was identical twins. Wow! And oh, and so wow. their children were genetically siblings, even though they were cousins. So, but I have a question: <laughs> How did they ever know which one they were getting? Well, <laughs> okay. So here's the dirty little secret about twins. I have twin girls, right? And we can tell them apart. They're they're genetically identical, but got we it. can tell them. Got apart. it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. You, yeah, you have spend. Ever, but have they ever fooled you? Only because I'm not a very observant person. <laughs> oh, come on. So, so I, they, I, the, <laughs> I mean, it has happened. Like, I'm in the kitchen and I don't realize who I'm talking to, but it, most of the time I can tell. My father used to do that. He would yell, Mark, Vicky, Claire, whatever your damn name is, get down here. He could never identify. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I go through the whole family. I have five kids. So I go through the whole list. I get to the dog. <laughs> okay, but we digress. We digress, but we're not being depressing. That's right. That's very important. I'm trying to keep the mood up. I think that was a good observation. That was I a think, good observation. Uh, that, but previously, we focused on the negatives because we want people to avoid them so much. But there are... There are things that can be achieved through the right kind of divorce that actually do surprise clients sometimes. Well, we, we say this a lot. We may not be able to change the fact that people get divorced, but we can change how they get divorced. And that's what we're really aiming for. Is it, it, our, our idea of a victory is people find a resolution and find peace. At least that's how I define it. I think but in, what is peace? I, I think peace occurs when your divorce and your battle doesn't occupy a huge volume of your headspace after, you know, after it's all said and done so that you can actually have a life. Life is short enough to not have to uh, keep reliving this divorce fact forever and ever and ever, you know? I love seeing people a couple of years after the divorce when they've had some time for it to sink in yeah. and they've got it in the rear view mirror, how much stronger a lot of them look. I think I told yes. this story one time on this pro there was this lady that came in and she looked like she'd swallowed a lemon the whole time. She just, her lips were pursed and she just looked angry and she was upset with her husband because he had an affair and he was a jerk, you know, 
and and but she couldn't you know let go of it she was so angry and hurt and betrayed and it showed in her face yes. you know i'm probably going to have the uh, somebody writing telling me that i'm being sexist because i'm worried about how she looked but it really did affect her appearance and i've seen men do the same thing yeah but um I then see her two years later and she just looked brighter. And it's because she was able to let go of a lot of that. She just, she looked five years younger. She actually seemed like a pleasant person. Whereas when we were mediating, she was rather unpleasant. But you know, that's it, isn't it? We see people at their worst moments. We do. You know the old joke, right? Yes. Why don't I bet I, I bet the people listening don't tell the we should show. share it. Are you talking sure. about what the difference between criminal law and family law? Yes, absolutely. So, so criminal law is bad people on their best behavior when you're the practitioner dealing with these folks. Family law is good people at their worst behavior. And, and I, you know, it's kind of a joke, but it's also kind of true. It's got, I can look back on my own divorces and think, how poorly I behaved on more than one occasion. Now, see, yeah. I, I, I really respect that you noticed that about yourself. That takes well, some self-awareness. You know, I was angry. I was hurt. I, damn it. I was justified. And there's nothing worse than a justified Englishman. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incorrigible. Absolutely incorrigible. So, I, you know, I was, I was a jerk on more than one occasion, you know. Um, uh, but there again, I look back on it now and I understand where it came from. And I'm, I did, was doing the best I could at the time. And candidly, there wasn't always support like is available today. I mean, I think both uh, any of my ex marriages could have benefited from having the right resources. And I kind of did learn as I went through them. Uh, but having gone to trial, and it's so ironic. Actually, the, the lawyer that represented my wife in that is a practitioner we know in town who I actually have a case with right now. And this, we're going back here, my Lord, nearly 25, 30 years. Uh, so there's some different things you can take away from your own experience that you can then apply to the how you do your work. And it's helpful for me to be able to say, to clients, no, I really do understand how you feel. Yes, I've been left. Yes, I've been the one to leave. Yes, I was the one who made the money. Can't say I was the one who, who benefited from the income, but I've understood both of those different positions because of different levels of income that were being earned by the, people, the ladies I was married to. So, so, so to perspective. So you're a repeat offender. I am. We respect that about you, and you've you've done it. You've told me before. I, I don't. I hope I'm not sharing something I shouldn't. But you've told me before. You've done it well, and you've done it not so well before. I've done it right, and I've done it wrong, and right is better. So, what does that victory look like when you do the right is better? What does that look like for people? It's keeping control. Was what it felt like to me. Okay, so first of all, it was easy. We didn't have anything but a child in debt. So we basically, I took all the responsibility for the money and. Mom and I raised the child and he's now a successful young man with his own family. So that was easy. Second marriage was very difficult. Uh, and we went all the way to trial because I was the financial guy and she just assumed anything I would offer her must be a bad deal. And I was hurting because I was the one that was left. So 
you know, it was, it was awkward and difficult. Third marriage was very short, but at the same time, I was able to sit down with her and say, look, this is not working. You get it too, right? And she said, yes, I get it. I said, look, we could go through a big fight and this is kind of what you probably would get. How about I do this for you and, and kind of launch you, let you down from a lifestyle gently over a, you know, a period of time. And we were able to work it out and life went on. And we, we, there was no, the animosity was not there at all. There was no need for it, you know? It's like, what do you need to, to, to get you on your feet? And can I afford to provide that? And yeah, I, I could. So you're saying that was doing it well? That was doing it well because we both got what we wanted and we were in control of it and nobody told us what to do. But let me get this straight. You gave him, you gave her more than a judge would have made you, it sounds like. Yes. No. And that, it, that was it, a victory. That was a victory because I didn't have to pay a lawyer. I, did, I, I, I already had a divorce agreement. All I did was change the names and the numbers and had a buddy of mine who was not a family lawyer look at it and we signed it and filed it with the court and I can still go get the agreement today. But it was a victory because you took the high road? I didn't perceive it as that. I actually, at the time, I thought I was being strategic. Okay. I, th I thought it was just the smart thing to do, having been through a court trial and knew what a nightmare it was going to be. And I'm sorry, I feel like I'm interrogating you, but... <laughs> it's all right. It was like a fix-some game kind of strategic. It was more a communitarian strategic set of actions. I yeah. was so aware of what it had cost me, not just financially, and the cost financial was ugly too. I got a terrible result. You know, both attorneys afterwards said, wow, what an awful case. That this is the one real. where it went badly, where it was a yeah, fight. Yeah, where we had the, the, the battle in court. And I just, I knew how demoralizing it had been for me. I'm a financial guy. I was so organized. I had binders and Excel spreadsheets. I had everything, you know? And at the end, the judge is reading out her, her decision after a one-day trial. And she goes, and Mr. Hill will pay half of Mrs. Hill's credit card bills. And then she goes on, and my lawyer goes, Your Honor, what about Mr. Hill's credit card bills? I didn't see anything in there. We prepared a very detailed brief, Your Honor. Oh, I didn't see anything. Next, keeps going. That cost me about $7,000. Right, and you could have- a lot of money in the 1980s. <laughs> back know? in the Paleolithic era. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you could have, you don't want to know how old I was in the 80s. <laughs> you know, but, well, I was 12 when we married. Is that a problem? Oh, yeah. Oh, then we're the same age. <laughs> but, but I mean, that happens. Like, you, you wouldn't have appealed that because it would have cost too much money and it would have been more stressful. I actually asked my lawyer, can we appeal this? I was so, I walked out of their cell. I was violated by this process. <laughs> That's what I said. Those are the words I used. My lawyer goes, it was awful. I said, can I appeal it? He goes, oh, yes, you can but you don't want to. Yeah, why would and you? Then he explained to me how little gets overturned on appeal because they everybody's upset after a divorce trial, so everybody would appeal it, and they just don't want you to. So they give judges a lot of latitude. So I'm getting a sense that victory in divorce has a lot to do with the cessation of hostility. Yes. What do you think of that, Scott? I well, I, I, certainly that, I mean, it's, 
the things that Mark is talking about historically are more than that, though. It's like the reason that turned into a victory for him was not just that the hostilities ended. Hostilities can be ended almost by fiat, you know. But his he came out of that. He says he was in control and he was strategic. But he never went after that that situation that you get in an adversarial conflict in which you go out of your way to corner out as much of whatever there is for yourself and deny the other side. It's like we talk about this in mediation all the time, the difference between position and interest. Not like financial interest, your position being, I want this, I want that, it's fair to me. And then everybody's interest, well, you know, what will work best going forward for everyone? So you wind up with a, a completely different psychological state. So your, your victory is almost a process victory. You're, you're victorious the whole time doing it the way he wound up doing it. It's victory the whole way. Because you meet your interest. I wanted financial vengeance when I went to court because I had been wronged and I had been treated so badly and I was a good guy and I didn't deserve this. Okay. So I, I did this case for this couple years ago and they were fighting. He wanted to sell this particular item, this particular asset. And, uh, all through the marriage, he's like, I'm never going to sell this. I'll die before we sell this. You know how it is. And then as soon as the divorce starts, we have to sell this right now. <laughs> and so he, 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 he gets prepared to sell it. He contacts the people that he needs to contact to make the sale happen. He's about ready to sign on the dotted line. And the wife says, guess what? You ain't selling that. <laughs> And, and she had wanted him to sell it the whole marriage. <laughs> I laugh because it, it's so absurd, but it's right? so, the, petty, the pettiness is, is, look, it's when you have unresolved feelings and you're angry. Yeah, that's exactly look what You for anything to hang on to, right? So, so she says, I, I, I talked to her alone and I said, okay, well, what is it that you're really trying to do here? Because I heard that you didn't want this to begin with, that you were angry that he bought it in the first place. Why are you upset if we sell it? Because he didn't ask me. Uh, uh, uh. He just does stuff and doesn't talk to me. He bought it and he didn't ask me. And now he's not, he wants to sell it and he's not going to ask me. And it's not okay. And I need to draw a line somewhere. So I realize, okay, your interest, ma'am, is that you want to be asked. Right. You want to be. You How want reasonable to, is that? You matter. You know, to her, that was important to, to have an understanding that she mattered. And so I, I, I talked to him. I said, this is the problem. She needs to matter. So can we come up with a plan for this where she matters? You know, and, and they, I got to hand it to them. They came up with a plan that I think is, it worked pretty well. And, and then from then on, it set the tone for a lot of things. And I think that was a victory. Oh, I should yeah, say. Oh. Yeah, if sometimes... It's surprising to a couple when you're working with them in a mediated environment where you, as you say, take one aside and says, all she really wants to hear is you say, I understand. You don't have to fix it. And the guy goes in and does it. And, and he's like, you can just see the eyebrows go up. It's like, 
that worked. It's that simple. And sometimes it is that simple. Oftentimes it's much more complex, but I have seen that occur because they just have been missing each other for years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, it's like in a world such as the one I live in, in which, you know, my wife has such low expectations in the first place, that really is often enough, you know. I All see right. you and I hear you. Yeah. No, I actually am sorry. And furthermore, you do get credit for being more responsible in this way and that way than I am. And I You've seen that, that show, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. And there's the, the, who's the brother, the wise guy, the, the playboy? Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Or, yeah. yeah, his character. And, and he, he, he's realized that if he tells women, I understand, <laughs> that it takes him very far in life. And so he's, <laughs> every time he's talking to a woman, he's like, I understand. And then they ask him later, do you, want, do you know what she's talking about? I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> well, why are you saying I understand? Because it seems to make them feel better. Yeah. <laughs> So we're not talking about that kind of stuff, not the phony baloney stuff. We're talking about a real connection, right? A real, I get it. That yeah. sometimes can be the victory. Yes. And, and realizing that, wait a minute, what did I just do? And why did it work better? And now I, perhaps I should think about what I'm saying. Okay. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. So yeah, okay. I'm, the, I'm the wife and I've been betrayed my whole marriage and taken and marginalized my whole marriage. I'm very upset. This person's been awful to me. You know, I, 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 he understands me now, but the tragedy is we're still getting divorced and he was horrible to me. Why, we waited all the way to the end here and now he finally understands me. That's not a victory. That's a tragedy that it took this long to get there. How, how would you respond to that? Um, it, it, almost in the economist's model of opportunity cost, in which case you compare that to not having any understanding at that point of, 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 the, of the situation. And going forward, life is not over just because you got divorced, you know? What? Yeah, I know. Especially if there are children and that. But even but, if not, you know, it's like, but if, if that is said insincerely in the Martin Sheen model there, if that is said insincerely as a gambit or a strategy, as if, if somebody really does take the time and stop the process to really actually get the other person's point of view, I mean, that really is a game changer. Is yeah. it a victory? I don't know. But it's compared to the total loss of I don't understand and go blow something up to you, whatever. Yes, it is a victory. Because I've seen both as of both of you, you know. Well, we take what victories we can get. I mean, let's, let's not sugarcoat this, guys. Divorce sucks. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's hard to say, oh, divorce was a victory. But, but, but you I, have the ability as a divorcing party to make it suck more. You could sure make it worse. Right? Yeah. You can make it worse. Yeah, it sucks. But you can really exacerbate it. And you can guarantee that the man or woman that you are divorcing, who you really don't like, you will despise at the end and they will despise you. And into the future that they 
that everybody in the in the course of being in traumatic experiences tends to forget that life does go on and it's like you know what you set up is is for years well i mean how often do we say this you know what's your divorce story going to be you know what what are your kids going to tell about your divorce story and and maybe that's where the victory is if you can't forgive it hurts you more Took me a long time to learn this in life, but forgiveness is not about the person you're forgiving. You're not giving them anything. You're giving it to yourself. Because if you carry it around with you, that sort of resentment and that anger and that hurt, it will affect you at every level, physically and emotionally. And I would believe in terms of longevity too. I think that's true. Yeah. I think, um... What's the hope that we leave with our audience? The hope is you're in the middle of a divorce or you've experienced a divorce and it was very painful. You were hurt. You were angry. But there is a tomorrow and that tomorrow can be okay. And you can let go of, if I'm reading you guys right, you can let go of that pain and anger that you have. You can do it. You can do it. It's hard and you may fail, but being aware that the opportunities there does give hope. And that's what we wanted to talk about today is that there is hope and there is yeah. love after divorce. Not that and we want to give pat answers, you know, we're no, not in the least, but, but during these con- high conflict times, it seems so pervasive this this these terrible feelings inside and it seems so permanent but i tell you what if you look back in your life if you're old enough to be married in the first place if you look back in your life you can think of all of those years and years and how different things have become if you have that many years in front of you there is just as much opportunity for transformation going forward yes you're a formed person but if you front end load these future years with a peaceable resolution, your chances of having a, a, a decent, good feeling future are much, much increased. Sean, you talked about seeing somebody somewhat later, years later after a divorce. Yes. Yes, this can work out. And, you know, really, to be honest and to be fair, <laughs> you have to compare your life going forward with this marriage versus your life going forward with a chance to do something different or something better. So it can still be a really good or a really better idea to start over. So divorce is not necessarily the wrong idea, but uh, yes, it's going to be rough. I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't have grief for what you lost. True. I think grief is okay. Grief or is for what you had hoped for. If, if we don't have a little bit of grief in this world, I don't think we're getting our money's worth because we learn from that, don't we? But yeah, that's a little silver lining on that one, but okay. I'm trying. I'm trying here. I hear you. But, but, did somebody tell you we were too negative or something? Yeah, they did. They did. But I mean, if you can come out of this knowing there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I, I've done a lot of caving in my childhood. I wouldn't say a lot of it. I hate it, actually. I don't like going in caves. I don't like spelunking. Okay. I got trapped in one. I, I grew up in Indiana and we would go through these limestone caves and they're just filled with wet and mud. 
Yeah. And I remember as a young boy scout going in this one cave and thinking it's never going to end and it's dark and I can't see. I have this flashlight. I can only see a little bit. My knees hurt from crawling around in the mud. But boy, did it feel good when I got out of there. <laughs> By the way, when you said you, you just do a lot of caving as a child, I just thought you were an easy mark for your siblings. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, every time I've gone caving, I said I'm never doing it again. But you know, I, some people love that stuff. I I don't. But it'll, I think of this like going through a cave. You know, divorce. Sometimes it's very uncomfortable and it's dark and it's scary. Sometimes it's an environment that you're not used to, and you're not used to interacting with this person that you're divorcing in. Yeah, sometimes you got to go through the cave with the person you're divorcing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you have to help each other out. Yeah. That's an interesting, okay. We're as stretching that as, analogy as far as, as we hard can. as that is. As hard as that is. Even if, if you have children, you have no choice. But what if I don't trust this person? Mm. Makes it more difficult, doesn't it? Sure does. So how can we establish some rules so that there is some trust? That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Establish some rules. And sometimes you got to take your kids with you. Yeah. And so then when you get out of the cave and you're in the light, you can hold your head up high knowing that you got through it. You've, you've learned from whatever it is you had to learn from. Build a little new history to get a new start. That's, oh, I what, like that. that's what we try to do. We try to do that right in our sessions, right in our mediations, right in our collaborations. Start with a, you know, building a mission statement and then really trying to stick to it to get yeah. the people a few experiences of working out problems and, you know, even discovering interests that they didn't know they had so that they get something from it that they didn't know they could get. And then hopefully there's some transfer of learning that they can use that in the future. Hopefully. You know, one thing just occurred to me listening to you, Scott, it's about accountability in mediation or in collaboration there is more accountability than there is in the the adversarial yes. because people in the adversarial would get away with what they can yes they can be deposed but they can still lie and you've got situations in the adversarial where everyone is trying to basically position as yeah. opposed to explore so it's it's a different world and it is in almost every case a better world to try to work this out. I suppose there are some, we could do a whole session on here are cases that you probably have to litigate. We could do that. Yeah. But that is not the hope episode that we have just broadcast. No, no. Our, no. In our podcast here. <laughs> maybe, maybe we next week we can do the, the, the 12 ways to have a miserable divorce. We can talk wow. about cost escalators. Things I will guarantee <laughs> will cost you more if you do them. Well, if, if I wanted Scott to come to your office and build myself up and get some hope in a victory at the end of my divorce, what phone number would I call? Well, in order to get Scott to, uh, to do this, you would call Scott, who is Scott Weiner, W-E-I-N-E-R, Weiner, but Weiner, 619-417-5743, psychologist in Solana Beach, California. And I answer my own phone. So yeah, go ahead. And Mark, they want to get their finances in a place that it's a little more hopeful. 
contact uh, my company, Pacific Divorce Management. Go to the website, pacdivorce.com, P-A-C-D-I-V-O-R-C-E.com. Easy to reach. And if you want to get the legal perspective and you'd like to resolve your dispute, go to WeberDisputeResolution.com. That's WeberDisputeResolution.com and book a consultation. And that's one B in that Weber. Like the grill. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Three Wise Men of Divorce. Money, psych, and law. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and share with others who may be in a similar place. Until next time, stay safe, healthy, and focused on a positive, bright future. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Every family law case is unique, so no legal, financial, or mental health advice is intended during this podcast. If you need help with your specific situation, feel free to schedule a time to speak with one of us for a personal consultation.